Hello and welcome to a trip to Mars. Today we've got Dan. Dan, how are you? I'm well, thanks Alex. How are you? Uh, honestly, not too well, but well enough to do this. Uh, pushing on. Yeah, pushing on after the AZ. Well, I'll start off, we'll get straight into it as we normally do. What's your degree, Dan? Um, my degree, I am a, I'm a second year at ANU, but I'm in my first semester of a PhD, um, Bachelor of Philosophy Science degree. A PhD? What's a PhD? Uh, so PhD stands for Bachelor of Philosophy, um, and it's basically a research degree as an undergrad, so you don't really need to pick a major, um, you're just allowed to take whatever science courses you want, and, uh... There are extra sort of things called advanced studies courses where you can go into a lab with a um, professor and sort of do a research project in that lab instead of a six-unit course. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like an undergraduate PhD. Well, it's it's trying to prepare you for a, PhD. For a really good honours year and there for a good PhD, yeah. Um, it's, it's trying to give you a bit of research experience. And so... So is that your your the ones you're taking are more science medical research or are they botany research? Yeah, or? so so um there are, there are two. The science one has been happening for a while, and you can do whatever science you want to. So I am interested in the medical research sort of side, but you're able to take physics, maths, uh, whatever courses you want. I'm and then there's also um, a has one humanities and social sciences, which is fairly new. Um, they've just combined all of the uh, sort of humanities colleges into one, um, which, yeah, has started this year, I think. So, yeah. And what actually, I mean, I'm interested to know, what made you choose that degree? Oh, um, it was the combination of a lot of things. So before, when I started at ANU, I was doing medical science and PPE um, as a double, and the main there are two main reasons. One that I switched was flexibility. Um, the medical science uh, meant that I couldn't couldn't do a lot of the courses that I'd wanted to outside of biology. So I couldn't do any chemistry. I couldn't do any computer science. I couldn't do any maths. I just had to pick biology courses. Mm. And uh, the other one was because I want to go into research most likely later on in life, um, I want to figure out whether that's a viable option, whether I enjoy working in a lab, and I didn't want to wait until I graduated to do it, so I thought, well, switch now and I'll get a bit of a taste and be able to make a bit more of an informed decision. And so that degree, the PhB, it's, I, I, yeah. I, I haven't heard a lot about it, so it must be a pretty rare thing. Is it a lot of work involved in it? Um, yeah, uh, it's... For, for a single degree, it's a lot of work. Um, you, they won't let you take it as a double. Um, so it, it is meant to be a fairly strenuous thing. Um, there are a few safeguards in place that you have to, for, for whatever, so for me, it's science. For all my science courses, I have to get over a 75 weighted average mark um, each semester. And on top of that, to graduate with the degree, you need to do a compulsory honours year. Um, and that honours project has to be first class honours, which is above 80%. So if you don't do any of them, you uh, get dropped to an advanced science degree, um, which is still fantastic. But uh, yeah, so it, it's fairly 
Wow, so you're really under these quite strict circumstances and criteria then. That seems quite intense. (laughs) It is a little bit intense, but, um, I mean, I was trying to hold myself to a similar standard regardless of that being in place or not, and I guess it just means that it gives me the extra impetus to not slip up. And um, I'm interested to know, you said you want to do research. Is there any sort of, like, life ambition that you have in particular, rather than just saying uh, research? <laughs> um, well, it's it's sort of morphed throughout the last three or four years. Um, out of high school, I was really interested in stem cell research uh, and looking at sort of the uh, rejuvenation of spinal uh, injuries and stuff like that. Um, then... Now it's sort of moved on to immunology and cancer a little bit. So if I were told that I had to make a decision today, it would probably be in a cancer research facility looking at therapeutics, um, ways to sort of make life better uh, for those suffering from particular types of cancer. Uh, And, yeah, so that's sort of the direction. But at the same time, I'm sure that will change in in many months anyway. Mm. So, so really centering around cancer research, preventing, you know, preventing yeah. cancer, whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, what do you do? You want to say? Do you want to solve cancer? Do you want to make a cure? <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone wants to solve cancer. The curing, curing cancer, tossed around quite a bit. Um, no, I, I'd consider myself rather naive if I thought that was, you know, sort of the goal. Of, uh, like obviously, it's an ultimate goal of all researchers worldwide um, in that field. But the way that cancer works, it's more likely that you'll solve breast cancer or you'll solve a type of cancer rather than solving cancer as a whole because they're very, very different things depending on where the cancer is. And even within a type of like a body part, the cancer can be quite different. So it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, wow. Um. <laughs> I'm interested to know because everyone everyone gets asked the same question on this. Is there any hidden talent that you have that, or you know, appreciation of something that a lot of people won't know? Oh, jeez! I wish I was more prepared. Um, hidden talent? Uh, no, not particularly. If I had to, if I had to pick one on the spot, it would be. Um, I really, people know this, but I uh, really enjoy public speaking and debating, uh, always have, um, which sort of goes contrary to the science degree that I, you know, you don't get to exercise that a whole lot. Um, I've been told my whole life I should go into politics instead. Um, but no, I really enjoy, I really enjoy a good debate and, uh, public speaking, speaking in front of crowds. So, yeah. So do people tell you that you should go into politics often then? I mean, what, uh, I, I have been told many, many times um, that I should be going into politics. Um, the classic, the classic line. I'm sure you've heard it yourself. Uh, I'd vote for you. I'd vote for you for prime minister. Um, Alas, I have not. I, no, yeah, surely. No, I'm a very untrustworthy person to most people. <laughs> oh, you're too hard on yourself. But um, no, so people have always either that or law. Um, people have always told me that those are the two fields that I should be going into. Um, but yeah, n- neither appeals particularly, especially politics. Um, yeah, not not sort of not sort of my thing. Mm, mm. Well, I think that's more that's more of a good thing. I think it'd be quite concerning if it was your thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm more interested to know 
the idea of being on Mars, because that's the whole theme of this whole program or this pathetic excuse for a podcast, really. How does it sit with you? How does it sit being alone on Mars with only four songs? Quite rough. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think, I think considering, I mean, it's not much of a parallel to draw, but considering spending 14 days in isolation to get back into Canberra was rough enough. I think the rest of my life on Mars might be a bit, uh, might be a bit difficult with just four songs to comfort me. Yeah, especially when there's nothing but just red maroon dust everywhere. <laughs> there's yep. no parks, yep. no yeah. lakes. Um, well, I mean, I, I'm interested to know, was it hard narrowing down only four songs to choose? Because I've seen what you've chosen and it's very, um, what is it? the parts of it's very old school. Yeah, uh, it was difficult. It, it's, I think, you know, as anyone who would have tried it um, themselves would know, it's kind of strange whether you go for songs that you purely just like listening to or songs that might make you feel a little bit more at home when you're all alone on Mars or, you know, what the sort of strategy is. Um, but, yeah, very difficult to narrow down for, very difficult. Mm, mm, mm. So, all right, we'll get to it. So your first song is, the first one that I've got is Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra. Why yeah. did you choose this song? Um, I do apologise for it being a bit on the nose uh, with Fly Me to the Moon and Mars. But, um, no, I, I chose, this is one of the songs I chose purely for... Um, Playability. It's a song that I've loved for a few years now, um, and I just never get sick of hearing it. Never get sick of hearing it. Um, every time's as good as the first. So I thought it was important to take something that I could listen to. So- Sorry, we have to say in this recording that it was temporarily paused because, well, I had some sort of enormous coughing fit, which Dan can definitely vouch for. But Dan, please, go on. Fly me to the moon. Um, Why? why? Yeah, so so it was high playability, replayability. And um, I think, yes, Sinatra, old school, but he's got to be included in, you know, the canon of human singers. He's very difficult to replicate um, and quite a unique voice, instantly recognisable and fantastic. So I, I thought... I thought I'd like, I'd like that one on Mars with me. Well, to listen to Dan's first song, you can, as usual, play uh, that song that is in the attached playlist provided to the episode. Uh, that is where we keep all the songs mentioned in this podcast, and that is where you'll find Frank Sinatra's Fly Me to the Moon. So, Dan, I'm really, really interested now. How are you coping with lockdown, generally? Honestly, uh, on a day like today where it's beautiful outside, really nice and sunny, uh, I'm coping quite well. Uh, I enjoy being outside and uh, getting out amongst it. And, and uh, yeah, I, I don't mind being in lockdown when that's the case. When it's raining and you're locked in your room and there's no common spaces to really uh, go to to get that release, it's a, it's a little bit tougher. Um, yeah, it's a bit harder. And, I mean, <clears throat> especially especially with being on what's Stuvac now and uh, having not as much uni work to occupy you on those rainy days can get a bit boring. Mm. Mm. 
I mean, when it is raining, you might, you, you've got to admit it's pretty depressing, just stuck in your room the whole day yeah. while it's raining and cold Absolutely. and miserable. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I'm sure you're looking forward to when it's over, getting back to your tutorials. Oh. No, oh, yes. no more stuck especially, in your tiny room. Yeah, especially the uh, labs for, for biology. Um, having to do labs online, prax online is... Is less than. How do you how do you um, how do you actually do that online labs? It depends. It depends how the lecturer is wanting to do it. Um, so one of my courses knew that it was going to be online and basically just went no, nah, everything's online. This is before the Canberra lockdown and there was no in-person lab option. Um, and what they do is they'll give us like they will have already done the experiments for us and give us data and then ask us some cool investigations about it um whereas ones that had to transition it's a bit tougher um but but generally it's something along the lines that filmed themselves doing the lab for remote students anyway and then you just answer some questions about the method um which is a little bit less engaging but i mean what else can you really do Mm. all right well i'm interested to know uh your second song. What your second song I've got down here is um, "White Wine in the Sun" by Tim Minchin. Yeah, drinking white wine in the sun, Tim Minchin. Um, so this is different. This is different from the first one. I don't. I wouldn't say this is on any like most frequently listened to playlist for me. Um, it's a song with massive sentimental value. Uh, it really reminds me of my my family, but in particular my dad. Um, who who came home one day going, oh, you need to listen to this song. And uh, we did as a family. And um, and it was, yeah, lovely moment, really nice moment. It, he was, by the end of it, he was shedding a tear, actually. Um, but it really encapsulates um, what Christmas, it's a song about Christmas and what Christmas means to myself and my dad and the rest of my family as well because we're not particularly religious. Um so it, it's nice to have a song that represents that sort of why we enjoy Christmas so much. Well, I'm, I'm guessing that this song is your nostalgia uh, song. Yes. You've got one yeah. to never get sick of, then you've got one for nostalgic purposes. So this, this yeah. song, Drinking White Wine in the Sun by Tim Minchin, can also be found in the playlist provided to the episode as Dan's second song. So, uh, I mean, I'm interested to know now, you're on Mars, alone. You can't mm. go anywhere. Mm. What do you think a quality about yourself that would be, that would help you? What What is one quality about yourself that you think would really help you surviving on Mars on your own? Wow. Um, I'm not sure I have quite the skill set that NASA would be looking for sending someone to Mars. However... Uh, <laughs> if I had to pick one, I think uh, I think it would be that I feel fairly good about regulating my emotions. Um, I'm not someone who I, I would describe as particularly anxious or prone to over overthinking or spiralling. Um, and I, I'm sure being on Mars alone would test that uh, trait. But I. I uh, consider myself a fairly rational person and um, would 
yeah, be, I hope be able to uh, sort of stay sane in an environment where you can't hear anything and there's no one and no stimulus whatsoever. Do you really think you could really maintain emotional regulation after no. about an hour? No. I don't think anyone could, um, being, being alone, considering, you know, something like solitary confinement mm. um, drives people crazy. Uh, I, I really think that the prospect of spending the rest of your life on a planet with no one, nothing, and oh, depending what resources you have there, um, not a whole lot to do would, would drive a person mad. Yeah. All right, well, now I'm going to flip. Mm-hmm. What about yourself? What what quality would you have that would allow you to survive on Mars? Oh, I don't know, pure sex appeal? I don't know. <laughs> but I'll, I'll flip the question now. What is What is one thing that would really impacts you, you know, to your detriment? What is one thing that would be, you know, detrimental to you on Mars about yourself? Oh, the things to choose. Um, <laughs> there, there are plenty, but one thing would be probably my lack of, uh, how do I say it? Um, MacGyverness, I guess, like being MacGyverness? able to take, yeah, like being able to take regular objects and make something out of them. I've, I come from a family of like tradesmen and stuff where, you know, they're all able to fix stuff and, and just make things out of nothing. And I, I don't share that gene. I, I can't do it out here. I can't. <laughs> What's MacGyverness? I don't understand that word. MacGyver, you know, do you, have you heard of MacGyver? No, I was born in 2002. I'm quite young. <laughs> um, so MacGyver, from my understanding, uh, which is secondhand at best, is was a TV show about a guy who would frequently make something just handy to fix a situation out of nothing. It was like a bit of a spy drama thing. I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm butchering the details. But um, the, the MacGyver, you know, if, you, if you're like MacGyver, you're able to rig something from like a, what you find in your pockets and, and your general surroundings and uh, able to make something work. So a lack of ingenuity. Yes, that would be a much um, better way of putting it. I share that lack. I can't do anything. <laughs> okay, so your third song um, is oh, this is a this is a banger. This is a universal appreciated <laughs> banger. This I mean, it's a bit depressing, but this is your it's your song by Elton John. That's your third song. Mm. Why did you choose this song? So I think some some of the same reasons that I chose Fly Me to the Moon in that I really adore listening to it and I think Elton John is another one who I'd quite like to remember as being a bit of you know canonical artist um, and I love all pretty much well all of his music. Um, your song, I don't know, I was trying to pick something that would induce the, like obviously it's a bit of a love song, isn't it? Um, so that remembering that human... Uh, humanity and and uh, that part of the human condition while alone on Mars might be might be nice with a bit of Elton John's your song. Mm. And is this song in any way nostalgic to you? Um, not in not this song in particular. All of Elton John is nostalgic to me in regard that it reminds me of my parents. Obviously, it's you know before our time um, when it was when it was really big, but. Uh, I 
I have many memories of going on road trips with my parents and then putting on, uh, especially the album Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, but a lot of Elton John and uh, growing up listening to that and associating it with, yeah, some pretty good memories. Right, well, here is Dan's third song. It is Your Song by Elton John, and as usual, that can be found on the playlist provided to the episode. Um, okay, well, I'm going to give you another scenario. I think I gave it to Charlotte last time. This is another scenario. You're on Mars, and suddenly, all of a sudden, you've got life form. You've got aliens there. They're kind of humanesque They've got arms and legs and a head. What is one trait that you would teach them from human civilization. Wow. Um, wasn't expecting that question. Um, okay. One thing, one, like one uniquely human thing that I would want to teach them. Yes. One thing that you would make of paramount value to them. Wow. Uh, I don't even know what I'm looking for. I'm just it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what I'm looking for. It's however you want to say it. Gratitude, yeah. Yeah, gratitude, um and you know, I think well, I mean I'm on Mars for the rest of my life, but um, you know, I think that's something that's quite important to me and I think a, a uniquely sort of human esque trait of being able to rationalise, you know, um, being grateful for things and how lucky you are, um, for certain things and that's something that I try to use every day, you know, during lockdown, and I'm sure I'd be testing its limits out on Mars. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's something that I think the aliens should know if they already do, if they don't already. Okay, and what is one trace from human civilization or society? I don't care what you call mm. it. I, I'm too tired. Mm. But what is one trait of humans that you would make sure that they don't inherit? Oof. I'd be thinking the the hunger for power um, that seems to corrupt so much of our, our society. Uh, I mean, all the way back. I was going to say violence, but I think that is a lot of times born out of the hunger for power um, over others. And if if a race of aliens didn't have that trait, I think they'd be a lot better off than uh, a lot of civilizations uh, currently. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're making sure that there's an emphasis on being kind and having gratitude, yeah. but making sure there's not an emphasis and it's discouraged and they should be deterred from having things like greed, uh, yes. vanity, power. Yeah, correct. Bit of utopia, I guess, um, in, in many ways because it's hard to consider that they would ever be able to not exist, um, but I guess that's what makes us human. Um, so, yes, exactly, exactly. Right, well, that's quite it's quite an idyllic uh, <laughs> image of mm. the world. 
What is one luxury you'd take with you, though? You can only have one. one. You can only have one. I'm not going to let you mm. any have any more. Okay. You, you drive... Jeez, you're a hard, hard um, taskmaster there, but... I'm stubborn. One... One... <laughs> I do know that about you. Um, one luxury. Oof. I... It would have to... It would have to be something along the lines of a... A ball of some kind. I think a tennis ball. Really? I'm shocked. Re- yeah. Is that really the most strategic choice of one luxury that you well, could... I mean, you could have chose a flushing toilet and you chose a ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, a flushing toilet would be brilliant. Um, however, the dynamics of how I'm surviving without a spacesuit uh, to go to the bathroom regardless is a little bit beyond me if I'm on Mars with no atmosphere or very weak, thin atmosphere anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a, a ball, that's that's something that I have always, you know, had growing up and it's the thing that entertains me most often um, here on Earth, so why not take it to Mars? Right, okay, that's your <laughs> one luxury. Yeah, yeah, a bit of luxury, I mean... Um, yeah, I love I love testing my coordination and and such like stuff like that. Learning to juggle. I mean, over lockdown, I learned to juggle um, just to sort of keep myself busy with with a few tennis balls. So yeah, I think I think something to entertain me along those lines. Yes. Okay. So your third, oh, I mean, your fourth song, sorry, is "Horse with No Name" by America. I know this song. I like this song. I'm interested in why you chose this song as your last and final song. Yeah, um, a couple of reasons. One, I think it parallels Mars rather well, uh, a song about an endless desert, um, whether it is sand or sea, uh, unforgiving. Um, it, it would sort of parallel the conditions on Mars. Uh, so that's one reason. Um, the other is it was one of the first, it was the first song that, it was the song that I first performed in my first uh, guitar concert a few years ago now, but uh, so it's sentimental in that regard. But it's also extra sentimental because um, it's a song that, again, my father introduced uh, to me out in the desert when we we go um, throughout my life. We've gone out to the Red Centre about six times uh, for two or three weeks uh, at a time, um, camping out there. And it's a song that we used to listen to on every trip multiple times and reminds me of... of you know, uh, just really, really happy memories. Some of the happiest. Right. So another nostalgic song to bring you. Yeah, another nostalgic song. I don't think you'll find many of them on my most listened to. Perhaps "Fly Me to the Moon," um, but I think any song will get old quick if you don't have an attachment to it um, deep down. So that's why I've gone for these ones. Yeah, fair enough. So that is Dan's fourth and final song. Uh, Horse With No Name by America, and that can be found on the attached playlist as usual. Dan, how have you liked the interview today? Oh, really enjoyed it, Alex. I always always love talking to you, as you well know. That's good. I'm I'm doing a bit of a... uh, I'm doing a bit of a... uh, a quality survey, quality control of... uh, (laughs) What, what, what? Not sure I'd be the, the person to go to, as as I 
on the interview and have just been able to talk about myself for the last 20 minutes or so. But um, no, really enjoyed the chat. Mm, mm, mm. And do you think that Mars would be overwhelming at all? Would you? Would you? Do, do you think you might like love it after a while? And do you reckon you get like Stockholm nah. syndrome and never leave? Nah, I, I don't. Think, <laughs> I don't think I'm the only one there. I don't think I'm getting stoked. I think I'm going mad and uh, probably completely loony to the four songs that I have listened to. It'll be the soundtrack of my descent into madness. Right, well, it's nice to know what you envision as your trip to Mars. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Dan, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to really like the songs that you chose to take. And I hope so. I hope it persuades them with your vibe of your experience on potentially Mars. Cheers, Alex. Enjoyed the chat, mate. See you, Dan. And that was a trip to Mars. Join us next week for a next guest and a next set of four songs they would take if they were trapped on Mars. Thank you. See ya.